You're listening to 1A, a podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, South Carolina. In this episode, Reverend Josh Squires begins a new mini-series on anger. 1A is a podcast designed to take a brief but in-depth look at counseling issues from a pastoral perspective. Reverend Squires is the pastor of counseling at First Presbyterian Church of Columbia. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns about our show, or would like to reach out to Pastor Squires about something you've heard in this episode, please don't hesitate to do so. You can find all of our contact information on our website at firstpresscolumbia.org. If you would like to stay up to date with new episodes as they come out, you can download our app. Just search for First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, South Carolina, in the app store of your choice. We hope this ministry is a blessing to you and to those around you. Let's get to the conversation. Welcome back to a special edition of 1A. If you remember, I think it was in the first episode, I mentioned that there were two emotions people were feeling currently in the midst of this COVID moment. The first was fear. And so we did a multi-part series on fear. But the second one, at the time, what I said was irritation. Of course, irritation is just a form of anger. Well, the more I've talked to people ministry staff here, people through counseling meetings, even other ministers and educators, fellow students out there in the counseling world, it seems like the emotion people are struggling with right now is anger. And so we're going to do another one of these, a multi-part series on anger. My goal is to make this a three-part series, but you know, Lord knows it, it might be more, it might be less. Just some quick little episodes here about why people are angry, what Scripture says about our anger, and then what we can do about our anger. So let's just talk about why it is that we're angry and what that anger looks like. People are angry for all kinds of reasons, but it seems like it's eking out in all kinds of avenues. People are reporting feeling irritable, snippy, crabby, easily irritated, and it coming out on friends and family members and coworkers. And I'm sure you know this feeling where there's some issue that you need to talk about with your spouse or there's something at work that you're working through via email. And normally that thing, it might be, you know, a three or a four, but barely noticeable on that irritation scale. And now it's like an eight or a nine. It just seems like it's all over you. And people are making kind of rash decisions and speaking and acting out of their anger in this COVID moment. They seem to be taking it out on family members, spouses, kids, taking it out on their job, coworkers, on friends, even on things like government and government officials. And you begin to wonder, Why is it that people are so angry right now? Is anger the right response for where we are? Well, I don't know about the right response, but I think it's the logical response. And let me give you a couple of reasons why. First off, anger is part of the grief cycle, at least as the grief cycle is defined by the traditional Kubler-Ross theory on grief. You've heard it's the five stages of grief, and those five stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then ultimately acceptance. 
Now, you may be asking yourself, well, grief, what what in the world am I grieving? Well, actually, you have a lot to grieve in this particular moment. There were all kinds of expectations you had. Expectations for what your life was going to look like this spring. Baseball games for kids or school schedules, work and jobs and projects that you were going to get done financial expectations of what your market account might look like or that your employment wouldn't actually be under threat in this particular time, that you wouldn't have to worry about the fact that there's death in the air and that most of the people who seem to have this virus don't even know that they have it. So it's hard to predict what interaction in any interaction might be the interaction that might be life-threatening where you've got to put masks over your face in order to just go into the grocery store, where you can't see people and talk to them, and you need people to deliver things to you, but leave it on the doorstep and then wipe it down. And now there's all this extra stuff that you've got to do every single day. So you're grieving even the normal routine of life. You've got to constantly be washing your hands and putting antibacterial stuff on your hands and be wearing you know, the masks and the protective stuff all the time. And all of those little pieces bit by bit, one by one, from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to sleep. Oh, and by the way, when you go to sleep, I know a number of you, all you're having is stress dreams. You're worried about job, and you're worried about health, and you're worried about kids, and you're worried about the future, and you can't press the pause button just because you lose consciousness. Instead, you're just dreaming about stress. And so even that isn't restful. It's not restorative. So you've got a lot of grief going on, even though you may not be aware of the fact that you are indeed grieving. You know, in that first stage, denial, denial really looks like one of two things. It either looks like pretending like everything is okay. I call that faux acceptance. Or the sense that this just seems like a dream. And we're past that. We're past that particular stage. Some people are through even the anger stage and they're into that depressive stage or maybe an acceptance. But for a number of people, especially is they don't really know what this is going to look like, especially economically and the ramifications for months and maybe even years to come. They're right there in that anger stage. So one of the reasons you are angry for sure is because you are grieving. Now, it doesn't mean you're grieving like you would if you got a terrible diagnosis or the sudden loss of a loved one, unless you know someone maybe who's going through those things or have lost a loved one through this COVID moment. Uh, But it is nonetheless grief. Sometimes it can be a really subtle level of grief. You know, on a scale of 1 to 10, It's a four or a five. Now, you didn't have that four or five six weeks ago. You've got it now. And so when these little emails come along, when these interactions with family members come along, coworkers, whoever it is, all of a sudden, again, because you've got this latent four or five, it only takes a two or three and you're at an eight and you're angry and you're lashing out and you know you don't need to lash out, but you find yourself lashing out anyways. Anger is also a response to our lack of control and our disappointment. When we recognize that there are things that you and I do not have control over. And there's nothing to remind you of that. 
like a pandemic, like a little enemy that is so small no one can see it, that might be in any room or on any surface. And it reminds you that you are not the one that's in control of the universe. You can't make absolute certain that you or those you love don't get sick and aren't under threat considerably. That oftentimes brings up anger and, of course, disappointment, disappointment that things aren't going the way that we wanted them to go. It feels unjust. It feels unfair. I didn't want this moment. I didn't ask for this moment. You are somebody who had some big event coming this spring. We had, just as a small example, the the 225, and that didn't get to kick off. And now you've got high school seniors out there that aren't getting prom. They're not getting graduation. You've got college students who aren't getting their full college experience. And all of those things lead to frustration and anger. Anger is also a response to stress. Uh, As we have increased time at home, and a lack of productivity, we find ourselves more and more stressed. Being productive, doing something, producing, actually is one of the ways in which we relieve stress. If you've ever had a busy season and you took the time, even 10 or 15 minutes, to sit down and write out a task list, and you were able then to prioritize some things, get some things done, check it off, scratch it off, whatever it was, you were productive, and all of a sudden you recognize your stress level is reduced. And right now it's it's hard to be productive. And we were made to be productive. You'll notice that in Genesis Two, we were meant to be those who kept the garden. We were to be those who were explorers and would come back and subdue the earth. And so we were always meant to work. We will work even in glory. We're going to find ourselves as workers. And one of the things that points to this, just from a general revelation, that is just generally as people observe it who aren't even believers, that for men, Oftentimes, the number one thing that is depressogenic, that is the number one things that, thing that causes depression for men, is joblessness. Losing one's job creates depression. For two reasons. One, men tend to put their value in their work and what they do. And number two, not being productive really hits at the heart of who we are and who we were designed to be. Well, depression for men can take the form of anger. Anger and depression, anxiety and depression, oftentimes look like each other. And there's this terrible, nasty soup that happens for men and kids, actually, both, that when they are depressed, oftentimes it expresses itself in anger. And so we find ourselves in this moment. In a moment where everything is off the rails, no one can predict exactly what tomorrow looks like or next week looks like, where we are constantly under threat, where we lack the ability to be productive, where we're in the presence of one another, if it's our spouses or our children for an extended period of time and they can't go anywhere and they have expectations that have been thwarted, and all of a sudden it's just this bubbling irritation and anger all the time. That's what I seem to be running into with everybody. How do they handle the anger that they feel? Where should it be directed? What should we do about it? Well, 
in our episode next time. We'll look at what scripture has to say about anger. And then lastly, we'll look at what we do with that anger. I hope this has been helpful to you and that you will listen to those other episodes. If you missed our episodes on fear, I would encourage you to go look at those as well. Well, until next time, God bless. God bless.